Welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush this week. So a few months ago, I did an episode on too many choices. We can go back to episode number 10 if you want to listen back. And TV has always been one of them. There's just too many choices. So I want to bring you back to a time when during the holiday season, It's a Wonderful Life was actually on multiple networks. And it was on multiple times during the holidays. That was, of course, before NBC decided that they were going to only put it on one channel and it was going to be only on on Christmas Eve and then maybe one other time during during the holidays. And we've seen this with The Wizard of Oz and TV rights have ruined many programs over the years. So we're kind of used to that. And network streaming services are all, of course, trying to make themselves relevant and viable. DirecTV sold their soul for Sunday Ticket. So, of course... There is no surprise that we are again coming to another crossroads in the streaming services. So everybody's all up in arms because during Halloween, Charlie Brown wasn't on. You couldn't watch it on ABC anymore. And apparently that is going to be the case for Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, with the episodes for uh, the Peanuts gang. So you're not going to be able to see that on ABC. What we're going to have to do is you're going to have to come to a new uh, a new medium, right? You're going to have to pay to play as we always do at the in the end. We always have to pay. So if you want to want to watch uh, Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving and you want to watch the Christmas, you're going to have to subscribe to Apple TV. But actually, you don't. So from November 25th to November 27th, anyone can stream the 30 minute short, which first aired in 1973. That's the Thanksgiving episode for free on the platform. You just have to download the Apple TV app. Uh, and then you can watch it then. And then afterwards, if you want to subscribe, you can to Apple TV for $4.99 a month. So you could see Charlie Brown and Snoopy and Woodstock and all of this stuff. So everybody that's all up in arms, I understand you like it on ABC. We all loved it on ABC. I used to love having sports on regular TV, but you got to find it on 90,000 different channels and you got to look it up. And I understand it's difficult and you know, with everything and you want to watch your show, but you can watch it. So let's not jump off the bridge. It is not that bad. You can actually uh, watch um, all of that on Apple TV. So just subscribe to that Apple TV. It's $4.99. And if you uh, don't want to do it, you could do it for free during November 25th through the 27th. So with that in mind, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. She's a former co-worker. She's an editor from New York City. What I love is she actually appeared. She did something that I want to do. She was in Gotham Comedy Club a few years ago. Uh, the lovely Tracy Campbell. Tracy, welcome to Lens Burning Bush. It's such a pleasure to have you on here with me this morning. Oh, I'm so honored. Thank you for having me. Hello, all listeners. This is my virgin podcast, so uh, I will you know, try to be on good behavior, but uh, this is awesome. Well, and your announcement just made my day. I, didn't, I did not know that about Charlie Brown. Yeah, well, there you go. So now you can watch it. For, but, but, but what I've, I've been trying to say is, like, we've been changing television for so long. Like, it used to be everything was on network TV, right? And then, right. you know, little by little, baseball, you can never find the damn playoffs. It's on, either on TBS, it's on one of the channels. They never tell you where it's on, MLB Network. You got to search, right? 500 channels, and you got to sit there, and it takes you forever to do it. So this way, everybody wants to cut the cord. Well, if you cut the cord, this is the way it works. You you have to pay to play. There, yeah. The whole idea of making it viable is one streaming service comes up with content that you may or may not want to watch, and that's how you pay the money, right? right. So, Well, I'll tell you what, you know, what makes me sad about it, um, 
putting aside the financials, which I, I get, but um, I, you know, I'm not a, usually a big fan of people in general, but the one thing I did really miss about old timey TV was like, it would bring people together. Like you knew when you watched the Dallas episode where Bobby got shot, like everybody was watching it at the same time. And when you went to work on Monday, not that I went to work in 1981, but um, you know, everybody was talking about it. It was very unifying. And now you don't have that because everybody watches everything at their own pace and it's, it doesn't bring you together the way that it used to. So the, if I, the one thing about the crazy election cycle was that at least everybody was sort of going through it together yeah. and it was, uh, it was unifying. So I, I, I missed that, but um, and I was very upset about Charlie Brown. So I, I'm glad that there is in fact a way to watch him because yeah. that was just another kick in the 2020 butt. Yeah, exactly. And, and and I had the DVD. Uh, you could watch it if you want. But who watches yeah. DVDs anymore, right? I mean, you, you don't who even want to do it. has the DVD that. player? Right. Yeah. Well, you could use your PlayStation, I think, is the way people do oh, it. Oh, right. right. I have the whole Coach series on a DVD because for some reason I find that oddly comforting. But, uh, yeah, I have to I have to jury-rig it to watch it. Well, during the – you know, speaking of television, of course, we lost a great one uh, last weekend, uh, Alex Trebek passed away at the age of 80. I I don't know what your relationship was to Jeopardy, but I just enjoy it thoroughly. And it's just not going to be the same without Alex. Have they, it sounds like they haven't announced any plans to replace him. So what were your thoughts? Are they going to get a new, a new person or they're not going to cancel it? Well, I've got content for you on this. So that's exactly what I wanted to bring up. Look at you. You're, you're what a perfect segue. Oh, a perfect segue. So, you know, may he rest in peace, Alex Trebek. May his memory be for a blessing because he's certainly worth that. So a couple of things have been, been, been talked about and it, uh, it is, you know, one thing is Ken Jennings, right? Ken Jennings would be the ultimate. Uh, replacement to to uh, but but of course hold your beer because apparently there's been a um, 50,000 people are now in, in uh, kind of at a renewed uh, they like Roots actor and Rainbow Room host and they like LeVar Burton Oh now yeah. they want him to host it so 50,000 people have signed a petition I don't know who has kind of that kind of time to sign right. a petition for LeVar Burton I mean I like LeVar Burton but I would never even have thought of LeVar Burton to host Jeopardy. What about you? I, you know, it's just so, that's one of those things. I, I hate to see the show go off the air, but it's, he's so like, Alex was so iconic. I, I, it's really hard to imagine anybody else in that role. Um, I, I think that LeVar Burton at least has some gravitas. Like I'd hate to see them put in like Steve Harvey or something, you know, well, some, like a comedian and make light of it. But um yeah, I mean, I it's there's really nobody that you could name that I that would that would seem logical to me. It's just it's so, it's he's so defined it. I I really don't know what's going to happen. I can't. Yeah, there, I truly can't picture it. No, and there's been rumors about a uh, the Bachelor at host or the Bachelor host, a uh, former Glee star. No, uh, they, no, they, no, uh, that would cheapen uh, it. Uh, Joe Rogan's name was mentioned. I'm like, oh, I can't see. I mean, I, again, Joe Rogan might be funny. Uh, I just don't yeah. see that kind of in. in you know, in the iconic role. See, I grew up with game shows was my jam. I love yeah. game shows. I, I was Wink Martindale, uh, Jack Berry, all of these hosts growing up. Uh, of course, Alex uh, Trebek was another one. Uh, there's a bunch of others that I'm, I'm forgetting. Tom Kennedy, Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson. All of those just were great game show hosts. You know, right. you don't really see the game show hosts. Right now, I mean, Steve Harvey does Family Feud, and he's wonderful at oh, Family right. Feud. Right. He's great. It's nothing against him. It's just, 
uh, that particular game show is it's not you, it's, it can't be someone too funny it has they have to be charming and witty but not you know it's not a stand-up forum so it's like i don't you can't have jane lynch doing it i just no. don't see that as I, I don't know that is really that is a really tough one um maybe you know who i could kind of i mean i think he wouldn't do it but i could see someone like um like Brian Williams doing it. Like he had a good comedic turn on uh, yeah. 30 Rock, like somebody like that, you know, like that someone trusted who's funny, but um, not a professional comedian. A friend of mine uh, or, you know, somebody I follow on Facebook actually said that uh, they thought Anderson Cooper would be a good one. I, I just don't, you know, I don't really see that, but Anderson Cooper, he, he's definitely, yeah. he's definitely got the gravitas and certainly the, the smarts to probably do it. You need somebody pretty intelligent. Oh, to yeah, host that. Yeah. I, right. I don't, I agree. I don't see him per se, but I think maybe somebody in that vein, um, right. a, a charming TV personality who isn't over the top, uh, a performer. It's gotta be like an intellectual, but not a performer. So yeah, that is, t- you know, maybe someone like, um, Mo Rocca. Yeah, that could yeah, be. I don't know. It's, That's, very t- it's, it's really going to be tough. It, I, I agree. I, I think, uh, I think if you put Ken Jennings in, though, I think that will keep the ratings. I think you'll you'll have people won't be upset. I, I think it's yeah, it, it, I it'll, think it'll go on. Uh, yeah. Well, I think Ken has got that personality, and he's been doing the clues. Uh, they brought him back to do clues this year. So, um, but in the meantime, Alex's uh, recorded episodes will air through Christmas, I believe. He recorded right. all of these episodes two weeks before he died. They said that's amazing. That, it is amazing. And he really, I mean, I'm sure he felt like crap, but you could not tell. I mean, you know, he looked a little thinner, but he, what a trooper. I mean, he, he really, he had to have been pretty sick at the end and you would not have known from looking. Well, I, I like that. You, you get to a job that you love that much that yeah. you work until your last breath. I mean, that's pretty much the Literally, way it works, right? Yeah. Would you want to do yeah. your job? Like, like any job, is there any job that you would do that for? I mean, you know, no offense, certainly not the one that we were. No, <laughs> no, exactly. No, we... I, can't, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, I, especially the, the funny thing about that is like the last I've, I've been COVID unemployed, but the last job I had like really felt like family. And uh, I guess in a situation like that, I could maybe see it. But um, but, you know, the people on Jeopardy, he, he, he had like a temporary relationship with all of them. So it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like he had long lasting bonds with the people he was working with every day. I don't know. I know. I, I cannot imagine that. Well, he's I tremendous. Know. And, you know, he should uh, there, there should be a room in the game show Hall of Fame that if they have one, I don't even know if there is one, but he would know, be. There should, there should be. Yeah, that that was. I mean, that show itself was was in a class by itself because just the nature of the show, you know, it wasn't as, as you know, was no match game PM. Or, no. Now, so. don't don't make fun of match game because no, back to no. Gene Rayburn days. I mean, that was oh I don't God. like the new one, but the old one. No, no, I, listen, we're yeah. from the same. Class, I know. I know. Both Jersey. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's like the difference between like I love fast food, but I also like a nice porterhouse. You know, they yeah. both serve their purpose. I like that analogy. I do. I, you know, fast food is okay, but I really like it. I, I would like a, a good porterhouse right now. Yeah, you need both. I, you know, yeah. you want both. Like sometimes you want the the Big Mac and it's delicious, but sometimes you want the porterhouse. So right. it's yeah. Well, let's hope we can keep watching Jeopardy at some point, and we'll figure out. Uh, maybe they'll just have guest hosts. Who knows? We'll uh, see. That, that's yeah. That's that, not a bad that, idea. That's an option too, because I mean, really, the the one thing, and I wanted to kind of segue into this. I thought of this uh, this morning. And one of the things I've noticed about late night talk shows, like Johnny Carson was such 
a difference maker in the in the in the talk show circuit, right? He just did his job. You never heard him talk about. Uh, he wasn't one side or the other. He didn't right. he didn't alienate any audience. He was just funny. He he was brilliant and uh, his shows. And if you look at the the host now, like I was I was looking at uh, Stephen Colbert's guests over the last week or two, have been yeah. nothing but polit- political pundits and I'm or political people. And I'm thinking to myself, going, that's not what I want to watch. I, I want to yeah. watch these shows to get away from that nonsense of. The networks, right? To to watch it as as funny because think about the guests that Johnny had on. If you watch, like, I, there's a YouTube channel now with Johnny Carson videos, and you could watch, like, you know, Don Rickles is on and Ronnie Dangerfield, and and just amazing how he let the people do it. But he, he always said that they even asked him, "How come you never talked about politics, or how come you never gave your opinion?" He said, "That's not my job." Jack Benny said it too. That's not my job. When did it become their job? When did Jimmy, when did we need Jimmy Kimmel? And when did we need, you know, Stephen Colbert and all these people to tell us who um, they're voting for or why they're voting for? Do we really care? Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a very different uh, format now. You know, like, it, look, I love MSNBC as much as the next guy. But, you know, I, if I wanted to watch that, I'd watch MSNBC. Yeah. But when you turn on the late night stuff. I think in general it's become very dumbed down. I mean, I I I love I love the Jimmys. I think that they often uh, Jimmy Fallon especially. I think he has become lower brow than when he started, and I, I feel like he's kind of aiming to the you know catering to the lowest common denominator. And I don't I don't love that. Um, I think he's smarter than that. And uh, I agree with you. It's not uh, Johnny Carson had that like very like dry, smart wit. It wasn't stupid. Um, his 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 clevery at the characters. He it just it was just different. I don't know if that's society or the medium, but it is a little sad. I always say that. Why do you want to piss off fifty percent of your audience? That you're getting fifty percent of the fifty percent, right? You're not even getting right. you know because again, how hard is it to get somebody to watch your show anyway? And then right. you're only getting half of the people that you were going to get anyway. I just don't understand that. So that's that's where I, I on this show, I like to raise my hand a lot to say I I just don't get it. And and to me, it's not you know, I understand, you know, there's uh, radio shows that, that, you know, like Rush Limbaugh for years. I mean, he, he would stay it. But that's that's in his realm. Right. Right. A talk show host should be open to. Other things and people, you know, I, I think we need to do that. Maybe we can all learn from that, from this, yeah. from the way the world is now. We should, we should well, learn I do, from it. I also wonder, um, I mean, they, I think it's been that way, especially since, since Trump took office. Um, in my opinion, he did provide a lot of comedic material, but um, I think especially in the pandemic, they're kind of low on content. Uh, because, you know, they have, for a while, they weren't having, it was hard to get guests at all, and then they would do it remotely from their, you know, basement, and nobody was uh, promoting anything, so maybe some of that will turn around when, you know, things get back to normal, and there's more, like, movies to promote and events to promote, so I don't know. Well, let's let's hope so. So I wanted to get into it, because you and I worked together in the the mid-'90s. Yeah. We worked in an office in in a lovely brownstone, it, it, you know, it, it back, you know, in New York City, you, you have these lovely brownstones and we, we worked on the top floor and yep. we had the floor pretty much to ourselves. Yeah, we it, had I mean, it was really weird. It was like there's, you know, it was carpeted. We each I think there were three bathrooms on that floor. We yeah. each had our own. Uh, 
it was super, super, the flora the, who um, was there for a while, like, you know, you could smoke a pack a day and no one cared. Right. It was very strange. It was very strange, but it was interesting. And that's how you and I met. And one of the things I remember vividly is we met and we were, you know, during the 96 World Series, I remember oh, yeah. it. We, we would we would talk about it. You were you were a pseudo baseball fan. You like baseball, but you're, you know, yeah, it I was mean, not you know, my. Have, but Yankees I, were in it. Right. I'm not, I'm in, by no means an expert. I, I, I appreciate the local teams winning, but yeah. I certainly am not a, you are, you are way, way ahead of me in the baseball oh, fandom. Well, so. Okay. But I, what I wanted to find out, cause obviously you, you went and you did stand up at Gotham comedy club and, and yeah. I watched the YouTube exceptional, you know, oh, you got up there and you did exactly what I've been saying I wanted to do for years. What made you do it? And, and I wanted to get your experience on it because yeah. I, I can live vicariously through you on this one. Well, I, you know, it was something that I had wanted to do for a long time and just never, uh, I never knew how to break into it. And, I, you know, I'm lazy. So I wasn't going to be one of those people that just went to open mics at two in the morning in the East Village. So I finally took a class. I had some friends that had taken a class with this one um, comedian, Karen Bergreen, who, who was great. And so I, I took that class. And through that class, uh, that gave me structure, basically, to write the jokes. I, I don't know that I would have been motivated to just come up with a routine myself. And the, basically, the graduation show was time on stage at Gotham. So um, and then if you did well, they would invite you back. So I actually did that set uh, twice at Gotham. And then I did another set uh, twice at Gotham. But uh, it, it wasn't like I was so talented. They just plucked me off the street and were like, we must have you at Gotham. It was, it was through the, essentially through the networking. But um, I mean, it was great. It was terrifying. It was, it was the most terrifying experience ever, but also the best. Um, and it was really interesting because even, you know, so much of it was the how the audience responds. Like the, the first night I did it, I had a ton of friends there and it was like a packed room and it, it was great. That was the first time I ever did it. And I think it was, it was great. Second time I did it, it was like a Monday night. Um, not as crowded and people didn't laugh as much and so you, that makes you self-conscious so that kind of makes you stumble and it's it doesn't come off as well so it's it's really an interesting dynamic that you ha you have to be good but the audience has to also plays a role in how you perform and uh the other thing that i i thought was noticeable was that you could have really good content and be bad at delivering it and you'd suck and you could have shitty content and be really confident and people crack up. So there's a whole recipe, you know, it's not just like, are you funny? Or are you not funny? Well, it's, you know, like I said, I listened to it. It was great. Now, what have you done with it since? Have you gone back and try to do it again? Or you just kind of said, you know what? I did it and that's it. Um, well, I, a couple things. I, did, I took a couple more classes. Uh, like I took a joke writing class to kind of refine the process and see if that could if that would sort of help me uh, create new material. Um, I've done a couple open mics. I took another class. Um, I have a lot of jokes written down or little bits of routines in my head. I, I haven't, I haven't really done, you know, anything significant with it. It's the problem is if you, like when I took the classes, I was the oldest person by probably 15 to 20 years. And, you know, I just, to do it, uh, the old school way, you gotta, you have to be out every night at yeah. these open mics. Um, what I'm trying to figure out, and I think you, this would be great for you too, is how can we harness like YouTube or TikTok or Instagram to sort of generate an audience? Because yeah. people do it. Um, it's just hard. Yeah, um, no. It, uh, agreed. And I did um, 
about 10 years ago or even more, I wrote a, a routine about five minutes, 10 minutes or whatever, trying to do a, a good, you know, they always say a tight five or a tight 10 right. minutes. I, I, I think that's hard to do. I mean, you it's just write it. I mean, think about it. There's a Jerry Seinfeld talked about this on one of the uh, award shows he used to joke about. It. He got an award on HBO and I recommend you watching it if you haven't seen it. But he talked, yeah, the HBO award. And, and he, he said, he goes, this is hard. He goes, it's hard. He goes, you, you can't imagine how long it took me to write these jokes just to do this. You know, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's several things. I always, I always like to, you know, I always talk about uh, the joke writing process. You have to just think, Hey, what, what is your experience with life? I always say my, my son, you know, being a parent is very hard. And one of the jokes I've always told is that, you know, it's very difficult to be, to be a parent because there's no manual that actually comes with, with a child, although there's a lot of books about people that have, you know, that, that uh, right. claim that they know about children because they've got a master's degree, but they certainly don't. But I remember my son at two years old going, you know, I don't like the way I said to him, I go, I don't like the way you're talking back to daddy. He says, I'm not talking back, daddy. I'm talking forward. I mean, these are the type of, you know, things you, you think yeah. about. And it's, and it's always like somebody who'll say that they found the Lord. I personally didn't know the Lord was missing. I didn't see him on a milk carton. But then again, he isn't on any milk cartons anymore. He's, uh, they're on these uh, little things in the mail that you get. Have you seen Jesus? And oh, by the way, save 10 bucks off on an oil change, right? Those are the, you know, these are the jokes that you try to write and you, you do it. But it's, it's difficult, like you said, with the timing and to get it all out. Comedy is, you know, everybody thinks they're funny. But when you get up on stage, right. it's a different animal. Well, it, what's funny is I think, I mean, you and I are both, uh, you know, kind of witty and res funny in a responsive way. And I think like any any conversation that we would have, you know, they'd be infused with humor. But when you have to just do it when there's no sensory input and there's nothing to respond to yeah. and you're basically having a conversation with yourself, it's a whole different story. Um, and a lot of the jokes, you know, when you when you write a joke for the sake of writing a joke, it it, it, it risks falling flat because it's just it sounds like an old timey comedian. Versus, you know, when you're walking down the street, you can look at someone with blue hair and make a snide comment about it. It's it's different. It's it's very tough. So there's, um, there's a show I thought of you because the show that I watched is I'm dying up here oh, uh, yeah. on, on Showtime. Yeah. And then there's another one now uh, they're doing uh, uh, for the comedy store, you know, okay. about how that 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 came about and, you know, yeah. that they wouldn't pay them and how they, you know, they would go up there and they're just learning. Right. So. Right. <laughs> excuse me. People don't understand that. So it's. Uh, Kind of yeah. interesting, but one of the things, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no. You... I was just going to say it's, it's, it's not funny, but, um, it's because you have to be so careful now. Um, and I understand that, but it also makes me very anxious about material. Like, you know, even I did one bit about how my parents, the only movies they watch are Holocaust movies. You know, they're, they're yeah. Jewish. They love Jewish things about Jews. But even that made me nervous. And it's just like, I, in a way, I mean, I totally, it, it's nothing. I respect everybody, but it does censor you in a way and require you to self-censor. And that puts an added layer of stress on it. And I think it's very difficult for anybody who's performing in any way or an artist in any way to really, you have to factor that in and it, it makes you think twice about everything. Well, in the um, 80s, do you remember that there was, um, going back a ways, it might have been early 90s, they had the Psychic Friends Hotline or something. Remember oh, Dion Warwick? Yeah. Well, apparently I was watching TV the other night and I could not believe this. It was it wasn't even that late. It was probably about maybe 10 o'clock because, you know, I'm old. I go to bed early. Yeah. Um, so what I found interesting is, is there's a new one out 
It's called CaliforniaPsychics.com. It's a dollar a minute, and these people were going, wow, they gave such a great review. Who is calling this? I mean, really, I'll give them, they could just send me the money because yeah. it's it, either way is a waste of money. Who well, calls anybody right? anymore? I mean, well, that's yeah. what it, I, I yeah. can't believe, but apparently there is CaliforniaPsychics.com. I saw to this, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And, and you know, these psychics would, should see that they're going to lose money, but they try to do it anyway. I, I agree. If you're a psychic, then you should know that I am not going to respond to that ad. So yeah. you're obviously your demographic is off and you're clearly not a psychic. So no, yeah. I, I don't get I don't know why people think they need to see what their future is going to be or this other stuff. I, I have no desire. Like I'm not one that's on Ancestry.com either. I don't care where I came from or where I'm going. My, my wife's involved in all this, wanting to know the roots and where you came from. I, I'm happy with what I am. It's you know, if, if I find out that something's different, it's going to screw me up. Yeah, no, it's, and I once uh, I went to Salem for the weekend for like a nice Halloween weekend, and I I did a, a tarot card reading just just oh. for you know just for fun, not taking it seriously. And you found out you're a like, witch. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I've always suspected that, yeah. but um, you know, she had this like you know her. It was great. I mean, and so now five years later, I'm like still waiting, still waiting. You know, so it's either really bad or it's really good, and you sit around waiting for something that never happens. So you know, I, well, not so. Important. Exactly. Well, that's, you know, good stuff. I, I just wanted to find out if you like the idea of it. But, you know, with this whole pandemic and we've had tough times in restaurants, one of the people that are the, they're suffering a lot is is the wait staff. Right. I yeah. mean, they're really having issues. But um, Donnie Wahlberg, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but apparently he left, uh, you know, he's from Blue Bloods. He does a, a good job in that show. Uh, he, he left a, a really generous tip. And, and for those of you, uh, the woman's name was Denise Andrews. It was a Cape Cod, Massachusetts uh, IHOP. And he had a $35 lunch bill. So just give me kind of an idea. What do you think he left in terms of a tip? Um, I would say maybe he left uh, $100. Well, that would have been excellent. I would have thought that would have been a good tip. He left $2,020 tip. Really? Yeah. Well, first of all, how did he, I mean, that's really generous, but how did he come up with that particular number? Like, what's the calculation? I don't even know, but it it was a $35 bill, so I don't know where you come up with that percentage, but 2000 I also really respect that he was eating at an IHOP. Yeah, it was um, Marshland Restaurants and Bakery, it said, so uh, I guess that was an IHOP. Maybe it was his own thing, but anyway, $35 lunch, $2,020 tip, so Blue Bloods apparently is paying well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you know, he's he's probably still getting some royalties from uh, New Kids on the Block. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where's that? How's that go? <laughs> the right yeah, stuff. stuff. Yeah, there we go. The right stuff. Well, speaking of the right stuff, there's um, an eight-year-old that won a contest recently. And what, you know, you would think what kind of contest an eight-year-old would win. Uh, but do you remember back uh, we, we had the... Uh, we had the business in the front and party in the back, the mullets, right? Oh, of course. Uh, apparently, we're bringing it back. Uh, no, no, no. Jason Crossland, uh, he likes boxing, fishing, and riding his dirt bike, but he also rocks a serious mullet. He's from Celeste, Texas, and he took first place for the best mullet in the kids category at the USA Mullet Championships. I can't believe there's actually a USA Mullet Championships. But he won five hundred dollars for this, this which, That's which is kind of amazing. Uh, really amazing, and and just you know, America, you have some weird traditions. Yeah, I mean, it, it, apparently Zoe Shepard, his mom, said, 
uh, told CNN it's been an awesome it's been awesome for Jax. Uh, people recognize him everywhere now. Uh, I guess because of his mullets, he said, "I can't give autographs right now because I don't know cursive." <laughs> so yeah, they don't teach well, cursive anymore at the schools. No, I, well, I mean, it, it is kind of a use, almost as useless as algebra. But um, yeah, you know, that's um, that's will be a good thing to have on his resume. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You can always yeah. you know, that's one of the things I've always said that, you know, people put their resumes together. And what kind of things are you just unique in your life? Yeah. Like if you're going for an interview for a top job and it, it shows on there at the age of seven, I want a mullet contest. I mean, would people actually I, put that on their resume? You know, you would be surprised what people put on their resume now. If I saw that, I would probably, you know, that that would show me that the person was profoundly qualified for the job. So right. I would definitely call them in just to meet the kind of person they are. So I was looking through resumes uh, when I had a job and was mildly important. Uh, and, you know, people would list, it would be very professional. And then they'd say that they were expert, um, you know, snickerdoodle cookie bakers, which I thought was funny. I mean, snickerdoodle is such a funny word anyway, yeah. but I would not have ever thought to put something like that on a resume back in the day but these what, millennials you know it's a whole different story. what makes someone actually an expert in the snickerdoodle field who who is saying that yeah. right like based on who i mean you know i snick like it's hard to ruin a cookie you know unless you burn it uh so what, what what's your expert level like what's what's the skill that differentiates it i don't know well isn't it already pre-made I mean, that's I, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, even I mean, all right, even if you're making it from scratch, what it, there's only a couple ingredients. It's pretty hard to mess up. You have to be pretty dumb to mess that up. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's. I don't know. They're pretty tasty, maybe that's but where I went wrong in life. You yeah, know? maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, we're getting I to know. the holiday season with all the baking and everything like that, and all the, you know, the Thanksgiving treats and the meal. Uh, everybody goes. We eat more in one day than you eat for like five weeks uh, on Thanksgiving. It gets to be like yeah. a, you know, just a whole. Uh, I love the pies, though. And what, what's yep. your favorite th Thanksgiving uh, side dish? Oh, I mean, definitely the old school sweet potatoes with marshmallows. On yes. Top. You're because you are also a child of the 70s. Most yeah. people I know are like, that's disgusting. Love it. Oh, it's fantastic. The best. Best thing ever. Everything and, with and marshmallows is good. Yeah. No, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. That's why uh, s'mores work, because it's got yes. marshmallows, right? You got to. Yes. I, I love Thanksgiving food. It's it's and I always love that holiday because it, I mean I know there's controversy now, but it was not uh, religious, so it was like one because as a, as a Jewish kid, you know, I'd get to participate in Christmas or Easter, so it was like one of those holidays that everybody could celebrate. Um, and it's I, I feel sad that people will not be able to uh, be with their families this year, but hopefully technology will bridge the gap. Sometimes it's a benefit. But there are yeah. because there's always the fights there's this and that so you could take yeah. one year off it might be it might be okay but uh i love i i'm the same way thanksgiving was is my favorite of the holidays all because you get all the benefits of all of the things without the gifts yep yep so no that's pressure. to me yeah no pressure you don't have yep. to worry about the gifts uh i think it's kind of interesting but uh you know i i, I like a good but but it's funny how we we go crazy for turkey on Thanksgiving, but the rest of the year, no, not so much. It's, it's so funny. Yeah, I don't even know. If, like, I like turkey. I mean, I love it with the gravy yeah. and the sides. But I mean, I, it's just not something that I would eat. You know, never roast a turkey in July. It's just yeah, even, weird. Even, it's, yeah, and even if you're going to Subway, turkey's not the first thing you're ordering. No, it's no. it's kind of like a generic, you know, lunch meat maybe. But yeah, no, you're right. It's it is strange. It is very odd. Well, um, you know, these are the things I think about. I don't know. Food, know. And, you well, know, they're important. whether or not you can watch Charlie Brown. I mean, these are important things 
that that I think about, and that's why these things, you know, certainly burn my burn my bush. Uh, you know, so I like that uh, you came on because I think this is great to catch up. It's been so many years. Uh, the fact that we work together, I, you know, it's um, you still living in New York City. You're enjoying yep. that, and uh, so now, uh, I mean, I don't want to bring this up, but single now, married. What's you know, I don't yeah, want to get too uh, personal here. No, no, um, there's really not that much gory detail to share. Um, I'm divorced, single. Uh, I don't have any kids, just my dog. So, you okay. know, if any of your listeners are in New York and attractive and funny and, um, you know, not uh, heroin addicts, you know, yeah. send them my way. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm single and it's, uh, you know, the pandemic has definitely uh, made it, uh, not not that it was so great anyway, but it's kind of shut down any yeah i, I totally that. understand it'd be tough to it'd be tough to start dating now because yeah. you have to get do yeah. they do you do you ask for covid tests now or do you i mean before it was the other test right yeah right right, right? Getting <laughs> tested means something totally different yeah. <laughs> exactly you gotta get a covid test to make sure yeah, that you don't have it why don't you give your uh your uh, instagram or you, are you on uh, all of these uh, on the facebook and uh twitter and yeah you know. i i i review twitter i don't really post there uh i find it's a little too much sensory overload but i am on facebook i'm on instagram uh tracy mel t-r-a-c-i-m-e-l and uh yeah i'm on facebook um you can find me through through lenny and uh i'm, yeah. I'm available for you know conversation Com- chat, i love it complaints <laughs> whatever well very talented woman tracy you are oh, uh you, you know and and i hope that uh, the job search goes well because you, you thank know, the- you it's a better place with you having one in, right? Oh, thank. Yeah, that would be nice. Well, hopefully things will be picking up. But um, yeah, it was. It, it's great to see you, and uh, you're good egg. Thank you for having. Well, me. you know, I try. You know, you can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook at Lens Burning Bush. You could like it on follow on Twitter uh, at Lens Burning Bush. Listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio. Tune in, and now you could ask Alexa to play lens burning bush uh so that's that's a good thing we're in 28 states district of columbia also uh, a few downloads in the uk ireland germany switzerland i was always neutral as i mentioned uh norway japan and alberta canada so all those people are listening to lens burning Bush. now we're not getting the huge ratings like that you would think but we're getting enough we're we're getting by and since i'm not getting paid this is all good (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I'll see what I can do to help promote your uh, your cause. I appreciate it. Well, this has been awesome. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Tracy Campbell. I'm Len Harvey. We'll be back again with another episode of Len's Burning Bush next week. So long.